Hey guys, before we get into the episode, it blows my mind that we're launching another podcast. And this time, I actually want to feature you guys as a guest. Now, if you're a six-figure entrepreneur who has your own podcast and you listen to the show, I actually want to interview you on our brand new podcast, which is called Six Figure Podcast Rebels. You just need to go to www.top100interview.com and you can apply to get featured. All right, guys, back to the show. Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and thought, wow, I really thought I'd be further ahead by now? If so, you are not alone. I've spent the last two years traveling the globe looking for the answers. The problem is, it's fear of failure that was holding me and so many of you back. I realized that no one was telling the real story of entrepreneurship. So I flew to the US, decided to face my fear and go all out to build my million dollar business completely from scratch. But the real question is, how will I do it? Join me on my journey and find out as we build our online tribe and share the internet's top marketing secrets. My name is Jamie Atkinson, and this is the Entrepreneur Junkie Movement. What's going on, Entrepreneur Junkies? Welcome back to the Entrepreneur Junkie Movement Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Atkinson, the Podcast Junkie, and today I have an awesome guest on, and I'm really excited because it's somebody else who does podcasts. It's amazing when I get these guests on. So my guest today has launched over 25 podcasts in the last 18 months. He's responsible for over 1.8 million downloads, and he's the creator of the Podcast Domination Podcast. He actually went from charging $25 per ebook to now charging more than $18,000 for his clients. And he's also just published a book called Get Your 100,000 Downloads in 100 Days. Guys, welcome onto the show, Luis Diaz. What's going on, buddy? Jamie, what's going on? Man, that is a that is one heck of an intro. Thank you very much. Love the energy you bring, man. Dude, so, it's, all, it's all good. I always like to, to be here. bring on my guests with this furious fashion because I think it's it's really interesting to think about what kind of results they've got and, and, and these amazing things. So, dude, I've been watching what you're doing and I love all the stuff you're putting out there. But for anybody who's listening to the show who doesn't know... Uh, um, what you're doing and much about podcast domination. Can you just give us a little bit of a backstory about how you got into this whole game? Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's funny because I did not, had zero intentions doing this, even if you fa- you rewind like four years ago. I was just kind of a lost college student. So to give you give you a rundown of kind of how I fell into this and, and how it's kind of evolved into a passion. And it wasn't really a passion at first. I was actually quite reluctant about getting into this at first, but I'll get into that in a second. Um, so I'm so give some people some context. I am 26 right now. And if you rewind three and a half, maybe four years ago, uh, I was just leaving college and realized that I completely hated what I was doing, what I was on track to do, which was uh, hospitality management, which I know, Jamie, from your background, you were, your dad was in restaurants and hotels. So you kind of, you know that that lifestyle. Lots yeah, of it's, long it's hours. It's rough, right? Like long hours, yeah. like always working, like I, I, n- never an apology. Like it's just relentless. Right. <laughs> Holidays, you're working. Uh, everyone else is off, you're working. Uh, exactly. No thank yous. No, everyone Everyone's like the only the only things you hear are just complaints and problems and issues. Mm-hmm. So uh, coming out of college, I was initially really passionate about restaurant food service management and so I wanted to do. And then I realized when I got into the business, I was like, "Holy crap, this is not what I like." Um, to add more stress to the situation, I had just broken up with my girlfriend of like almost four years. We were dating. Uh, it was like almost like a month away from being a four year anniversary, so we broke up. So stress, hated what I was doing, um, wasn't really in love with what I was like with my body, my physical appearance. So I started to really. Love 
love the gym. I'd always been an athlete for that. So got into the gym, really started to love it, poured everything I loved. I you know, poured all my time and energy and effort into it because I had no girlfriend. I hated everything else outside of the gym at that point. This is my last year in college, so I was a senior. And uh, fast forward a couple months, got really much more serious into the health and training, health and fitness stuff. Became a trainer, uh, started the actual t-shirt company. That was my first business ever, was a, a t-shirt company called Mean Physique Fitness. And uh, it was like, it gotta be the worst name ever. <laughs> <laughs> I picked the worst name for that business. But uh, um, so that kind of was my, my first entrepreneurial experiment. Uh, started training, selling the t-shirts, uh, realized it was not scalable. So one thing I love about this, about like having an online business, it's a bit more scalable. It's a bit more versatile. In personal training, you have limited hours in a day. There's limited amount of you know, spots you can book in your, in your calendar. And uh, I realized like, okay, I need to take this online. Now, only problem is with that is that A, when I go online, you have to create what? You have to create content. And I know, from watching your stuff, you're pretty damn good at that. <laughs> I was not I especially you know, starting on. You're welcome. Um, so I was definitely not that guy. Not good on video. I can't write, um, but I can talk. So like funny thing is like when you, if you were to meet me at a, at a party or something, I can strike up some good conversation. And I could probably sell you on personal training. with. Um, so that's kind of where the podcasting thing came in. And at the time, I just started becoming a podcast junkie. So I started listening, had a friend recommend me uh, some podcasts and that kind of spur my, spurred my, really my fascination with them. And uh, let's see. So that was, give people some context. That was about a year uh, after, that was like 2015-ish, late 2015 at this time. So starting to really love podcasting, starting to get into it. Uh, I bought a $11 course when I decided I wanted to do it for, for real. Bought an $11 course on Udemy. Are you familiar with that site? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've been on, actually, I've bought a lot of courses on Udemy and then never opened them. You know, when they do those flash <laughs> sales for like 10 bucks, <laughs> like, yes, bye, 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 bye. And like never look into it. <laughs> that's so, I think that's got to be like a very common theme with a lot of people. So I've done the same thing. But uh, this this particular course really laid out the entire foundation for me for podcasting when I first got started. So I took that course of 11 bucks, um, learned how to launch my own show. And then I just started using it to talk to my ideal customer. So um, for anyone, I think this is a little tidbit here. If you're looking to start a podcast, one thing, don't overcomplicate it. Just focus on solving problems for your customers. And for me, that's what I started doing. I started to really look at like, what are the questions they're asking? What are some of the things that they're having trouble with and how can I just like plug in a mic and say and answer the question right just very very succinctly and very very detailed so I can you know help them out so that's what I started doing and uh, that took a good you know I was plugging away at that podcast for about all of 2016 about a year and that show started to grow and eventually grew from zero to 20,000 downloads a month which by today's standards is not very impressive um, for me I look at it like a I had no no credibility elsewhere like no one knew who the hell I was and B I started to get referrals from it. I started to get clients people calling in and emailing me saying hey like I know you do coaching what are the prices blah 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 so I started to figure out like it was kind of a good it could be a decent business model it could be something that we can actually use to get get clients and get and start to work with more people so that was kind of a, an interesting find for me um, however I still was not like at this point you know I was not sold on doing podcasting for other people I still wanted to be a personal trainer and and you know do the online training thing um, about a year after that realizing that the podcasting was good but it wasn't really great I decided I wanted to start launching like an ebook so I'm sure we've all seen like the $27 ebook sales pages with like the funny flashy abs and all the all the crazy upsells and all that good stuff. I basically, I wanted to build one of those. And uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Vince Del Monte. You're familiar with him? I, I've seen I've seen his stuff online, but I'm not really a big um, understander. And probably some of the people Got in it. the audience won't be familiar as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll kind of share the story here with Vince. Um, so Vince was a guy I looked up to when I was in the personal in the fitness space. And 
And I had always seen him doing really well, lots of products, always on YouTube. Like I'm sure like a lot of your listeners can have found him if they have found him. If not, just Google him. But um, in 2016, at one point there, I went to a seminar and he was the coach. He was the guy I went to. So I paid like $2,000, went to a seminar where he was uh, you know, hosting it and learned a ton. And then eventually a year after that, I followed up with him when I joined his mastermind. And if it wasn't for Vince, I don't know where I would be right now because Vince, and this is the power of having a mentor. Um, I've I pretty much done well because I have coaches, because I have mentors who have taught me and told me. Um, Vince was the guy who said, Lewis, I think you're okay here, but you'd do a lot better if you just shifted your eyes and you looked at who you could help with this podcasting thing because he was launching a show at the time and he needed help. So that was where really the light bulb switch it wasn't myself figuring out. It was more of like having outside eyes, having a coach saying, hey, I think your talents are better leveraged over here. So, so that was a huge, huge turning point for me. And um, that was late, yeah, mid to late 2017, almost like August, September time. And uh, so mind you, I'm selling at this time, I'm selling $27 eBooks. And now they just told me like, you need to stop doing that. Or Vince is like, you need to stop doing that. You need to start becoming a service provider and helping people launch podcasts, which is like, uh, <laughs> you can imagine, like, I don't, I don't know how we could give a good description for, for somebody, let's just say they're selling um, like services online. It's like, if you're selling, like maybe you're doing marketing for someone or doing like media services uh, or social media marketing, imagine someone saying, why don't you stop doing that? Go sell plants online. Like, you know, nothing about the industry. <laughs> I've, had nothing about- I, I've had people come up and say, you should do this. I'm like, no, no, I'm not, I, I would never do that. And then a week later, right. you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it was, it was just such a 180 for me. And now it's like, okay, I know how to do my own podcast, but how can I, I don't know how to help someone kind of, you know, build theirs. It's kind of a weird thing, right? I didn't even know I could make money doing this. I literally didn't think people would pay me for that. So I went from charging $27 or $25, 25 $27 to, uh, when I was beginning starting off $500 for, for like on a, on a monthly basis. So, um, there was a lot of fear there when it came to like asking for that much money. Cause at that point in my life, I had never asked for more than, than maybe a hundred bucks or, or something from a client from the personal training space. Uh, so, uh, and the funny story about that is, um, how I built that was I was basically, I was helping someone else for free at the, at the, at the moment. This person, it was pretty big in the fitness industry. A lot of people already knew who he was, but I was already, I was just helping him out for free at the time. So, um, what I was doing was to get my first initial customers was I was DMing people on Instagram and asking them if they were interested in launching a podcast. And I did this probably for 30 days, you know, nonstop, like, you know, 70 to hundred DMs a day. And that's how I initially got my first probably five handful of clients, I would say. And from there, um, we just been, been, you know, continually trying to grow, uh, and continually just trying to bring the level of service up. So it's been a funny ride. It's been a quite a interesting ride. I learned a lot and, uh, you know, so fast forward, I guess we're in, we're in midway through 2019 now. So yeah, 18 months now and you know, here we are. So that's kind of the story. That's the rundown. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure you got some questions to follow up. So, uh, yeah, shoot man. away. I mean, first of all, thanks for sharing that. Cause that's an amazing story. And, um, and some of the, I think some of the scary parts there, and, and there'll be a lot of people who probably resonate with this is the taking that lead to something that you didn't know about, um, mm. actually putting in the work to go out and reach those people, which, you know, DMing 70 people a day is hard work. That's like not easy, but you know, it sounds <laughs> like you wanted to grind and, and get stuff out there. So when you first got started, you know, were you picking a particular niche or did you eventually change and say, I just want to serve this kind of business? Great question. So with, yeah, initially I came out. So when I stopped doing the, like the fitness training thing, I was like, okay, I'm going to help these people with podcasts, but I'm only going 
going to target fitness podcasters because I already know those guys. I know their pain points. I know their customers. And so, yeah, so I initially wanted to just start with those, um, which is, I think for me was fine. It, it, it was an easier way in than trying to service everybody from every, all the different niches. Um, now we do kind of, we have different people in different sectors, but uh, initially starting off, I think it's much easier to, to go with what you know, you know, start with what you know and, and branch out from there. Dude, I'm with you on that because uh, if you understand an industry better, you've got much better chance of giving guidance on it. And like, yep. what was, you know, was there a point in there that, that you kind of faced like a really big challenge? Like when you first started to get those first five clients, like what was one of the big challenges that you faced right out the gate? Oh man. So there's, there's tons, there's tons. I think the biggest one looking back was the overwhelm. Cause when you close a sale, there's a couple of different feelings that go on. There's like, Oh my God, holy crap, this actually works. I just made money out of nowhere. Um, so it's like a great win for you. But then the reality sets in and it's like that imposter syndrome. And it's like, Oh my gosh, like, what if I can't deliver on my promises? And I, and I just like told, and I just, you know, took all their, all this money and I can't deliver. So there's a bit of an impo- definitely imposter syndrome early on. Cause like I had only done this for the few people. So asking for the amount of money I was asking for, you know, four or 500 bucks um, for me, was a lot. And was, so it was a lot of imposter syndrome. And then the second thing there besides that, the besides that internal issue was the organization of having, you know, setting up a Trello board for different customers to make sure that like we're fulfilling their orders of their episodes on time, Just making sure we have all their data on file. So really getting organized was a huge, um, for me, for my personality, especially was a huge, um, a, a huge learning curve to really have to master. Yeah. Did you hit a point where once you got to a certain amount of clients, you would just felt like it was like spinning out of control, <laughs> spinning out of control is an understatement. <laughs> it felt like the house was on fire and I was, and I was like drenched in gasoline. <laughs> Like it was, hell. I, I'm not gonna lie. Like it was hell. Like it was hard. And um, what I did to really get out of this. So one advice for advice for anyone coming into this or have this, maybe they're in a situation where like they feel like they're out of control. So I learned two things. Number one, uh, you need to don't try to learn something that you're, you suck at. Like I'm not good at organization, but if I have a system in place, I can follow it. Right. So I hired one of my coaches, um, his director of operations, cause she was very, very organized. She knew how to set up systems. She knew how to do everything. So I was like, I paid like, I think I paid like 2,500 bucks, which was a lot of money for me at the time. A lot of money. I was like, holy crap. So I was not comfortable with that invest, but she came in and she helped me set up the systems that I could then use to run my business. So it was a big investment, but it was like, I bought speed and I bought, I bought myself out of a, out of a really sticky situation. So I invested in, in the, like building my infrastructure. Um, so yeah, so that's one thing. And then another thing is I would say to that point, and I'm sure you've, you've, uh, experienced this, Jamie is like when you're growing fast, you cannot expect to have full control. So that sense of certainty, that sense of uh, like, you've got your hands on the wheels and you're ready to go and you're like, you got full control, not going to happen if you're growing fast. Yeah. It's kind of that you have to be okay with the fact that it's going to be a bit of a wild ride, yeah. and especially if you want to grow fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that's one thing that I, it didn't really hit me until I heard someone else, I heard Taylor Welsh. I'm not sure you guys are familiar with Taylor Welsh from Traffic and Funnels and Chris Evans. They talked about it the other day and I'm like, that's so true. And I was like, thinking back and reflecting on my own experience. I'm like, yeah. So for anyone out there, if, like, if you're, you think you're going to grow fast, you, you want to grow fast, expect that it's not going to be a, a ride where you have full control and your hands are on the wheels at all time. It's going to be, you know, you're going to have to let go of some of that control. Yeah, that's scary, right? And just to give some yeah. insight into people who might be wanting to start a podcast and, and to kind of um, understand the process, um, with your clients, like how do you measure the success? Is it all based on downloads or do you kind of help people get a monetization strategy? Like what does that look like? Great, great, great question. It, it's so funny because uh, I just 
just recorded a module today in, in, in a system we're building and a lot of it's mindset. So a lot of it is like expectations dictate the results and how expectations dictate like what you claim as a win. So one of the things I always say with like anyone expecting or wanting to start a podcast is understand the expectations, get clear on like, like what defines success for you. It's like, so for, to your point, for some people, they want to make money with this like right away. And like, we can both, we can probably both vouch that like, this is not an automatic moneymaker. This is a long-term strategy to build trust and to build relationships with your audience so they can go deep with you um, and hopefully become a customer one day. Um, so I think setting expectations for me is huge. Uh, success, how we define it is, is really just like, are they, are they growing in the right spot? Like are reviews going up? Are our downloads going up on a monthly basis? Are they consistent? Um, what kind, this is very subjective now, but uh, what kind of like emails or Instagram DMs are they getting? Like, is there, are people actually responding and saying like, hey, this is this information is really helpful. I'm so glad you are doing this podcast. Uh, it's really helped me do X, Y, Z. So those are a couple, a couple of the measures, but um, at the end of the day, it depends on kind of what your expectations are coming in. Yeah, I love that. And, and that's interesting because there'll be people who do think that podcasting is easy. They think, oh, you know, I'm sure I'll start making money in the first couple of months. You know, I can spend a ton of money through it, but it can be like a really long-term game. Even if you're, if you, even if you're getting a lot of downloads, right? It's, it's crazy how it can be hard to mm -hmm. turn that yeah. into a monetization strategy. But for a lot of people, they forget that it is about the long game, right? Um, and actually yeah. what I was kind of interested as well, Lewis, is how has your, um, your podcast itself, especially podcast domination, how did that come about and, and how has that progressed for you? And is that mainly like a source of, of customers or is it just for sharing your experience? Great, 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 great question. Um, so that's not my first podcast. My first one was in the health and fitness industry. Um, so that one was Lean, Ripped and Healthy Radio, still actually still live. And that was just it's similar to this one in the sense where I was just sharing my experience, sharing my knowledge and giving strong calls to action for people to come and receive. If they wanted to get more or they want to learn more, I gave I give them a strong call to action. Say, hey, go here, go there or connect with me this way. So for Podcast Domination Show, how that came about was I simply wanted to share my experiences and my lessons as I worked with new clients, as I launched new shows, as I came across different problems um, and, and also to answer the questions of my own audience. So I would have a lot of emails from clients like, Hey, how does my, how do I grow my show? Or how do we get more subscribers? Even though you can't, you, you know, you can't see subscriber numbers on iTunes um, or, you know, how come, you know, so-and-so show sounds like this and mine doesn't. So like we were trying to answer all those questions and trying to like make it a nice directory for people to go to. So that's a little bit about how the show came about. Um, the second part of your question was like, is it a steady stream of clients right now? It's not. Um, Cause I started doing it in seriously in, in December of this year. So I expect nothing from this podcast probably until another 12 months. Hmm. I, I, my, my thoughts on this are, are very, very long term. I have no intentions of, of um, having this be a really big cash cow until many, many years down the road. So um, it right now it's yeah. just a resource base. Yeah. That's really, that's really smart actually, because you're basically building out like a personalized um, resource for if your yeah. client asks a question, you'd be like, Hey, go listen to this episode. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, it's, it's great for testing stuff too. So, you know, I can tell by my download numbers on specific episodes, like where people are having trouble, where my clients or my prospects having, where are they like, what are the big pain points just by the number of downloads typically on each episode, you can kind of get a good sense of like where you can help people more. So it's, uh, it's good for market research as well. I found. Yeah, no, that's really smart. And the other thing that I want to touch on, um, there's just like a lot of the time we find that businesses, if they don't bring on a team, they can kind of stall at a certain revenue point and it gets very mm -hmm. difficult to break through that ceiling. Um, right. you've got a team now. Um, well, I, I'm assuming you've got a team because, um, yeah. if you've got a do it all myself. clients, like doing it all by yourself, <laughs> be insane. Right. So 
how did yeah. that first happen? And what was that first process? What did it look like? Mm. So I don't think I told you this before, but my sister is my, basically my, my director of operations. So my older sister <laughs> too. So um, when I first started hiring, I think I, I started, I hired two people in the Philippines and they were, I basically what I did and I followed the directions of my coach. And he basically told me, he's like, look, start off with like really small tasks, manage and see how they do. And then as they get better and as you start to trust them more, give them bigger and bigger tasks. And um, I would still recommend that strategy for anyone who's hiring their first person. Um, as a caveat to that, I'm not sure. Have you, Jamie, have, are you familiar with Nathan Hirsch? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Nathan's awesome. So he was on my podcast a few weeks back. And uh, one of the things he does with his new hires is he has very clear SOPs. So SOPs, standard operating procedures. Um, basically, it's a set of directions on a Google Doc. And he tests them. And he says, he gives them like a little task with a, you know, like, like a different like little SOP. And he says, here, go do this and then report back to me. So that's another tip I would say for anyone looking to hire, create like a, little, a normal, a very regular task, write the directions down on a Google Doc and then give it to that person you're, te you're testing and say, hey, go do this. Let me know if there's any questions and kind of just see how they do. Um, so that whole process started like that. I just hired two, figured out, you know, where I started to trust them, what could they do? And then I gradually increased the, the workload and built out different types of SOPs for them. Yeah, that's really smart, actually. And, uh, and I've definitely used SOPs in my business with my team before. And just a, just a quick tip that I've given to a couple of people on that point as well um, is that don't necessarily think that it all has to be blocks. So um, True. if you're trying to get out fast, uh, I've actually used Loom when I was kind of in a rush one time to actually oh, good. record a process. And, and that can be useful, especially if you're you know short on time. I like SOPs written out because it's very clear. You know, they can work at their own pace and it's kind of like cut and dry, right? There's no interpretation. Um, right. Speed, <laughs> like videos can be a really way to go from that. Um, and so, and so Lewis, like one of the, one of the things that I'm always interested in is, you know, you're obviously killing it in the space. You've got a bunch of clients. Everything seems to be working great for you. What's one of the next big challenges that you're facing in your business? Um, well, thank you for that. Um, definitely. Uh, it's, it's been a fun ride. I can say I could, I, I could do better. <laughs> I hope I could do better. Let's see. Um, but definitely have my ups and downs. Uh, what's next? Good question for me. I think it's, um, it's trying to raise the level of like, of the experience that we work with our, when we work with our people, like trying to make sure they have a five-star experience. I think I'm really focused on that. Uh, you and I both come from a hospitality background. So it's like, how do we make sure we're, we are like the, the Ritz Carlton of the industry and the Royal, the Rolls Royce and not the Honda or the Civic or, you know, the, the Motel 6. That's what I'm, that's what I'm focused on right now. And it's like trying to raise the level of standards in my, with my team, with myself, um, with my clients. So I think, you know, that's, that's my big focus right now. Yeah. I love that in terms of, you know, the, the better the quality is, the more you improve it, you know, overall, yeah. it's going to be a lot stronger for the whole thing. No, I, I, I think that's really great. And, um, and kind of the, kind of the last big question that I really wanted to ask was to do with um, some kind of quick fire questions. Um, we've cool. got four questions to ask you on a couple of different points. Are you, are you up for that? Does that sound cool? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So Fine. let's go, let's go quick fire. So what's your favorite business book? Favorite business book? Oh man, I'm looking over at my, uh, so I would say right now, cause it kind of hits me in different stages. I would say built to built to sell is a really good book. It's a storybook that walks you through how a struggling agency owner took his business with a help of a mentor um, and scaled it up and also successfully sold it. So built to sell is a, is a must read. I love that. And is there any entrepreneurs you're following or studying right now? Yeah. So I've been on a bit of a, so 
I'm uh, still very close to Vince, like Vince is still my coach. Um, but two entrepreneurs I really, really, really um, took a liking to in the past month or so, I say are the guys over at Traffic and Funnels. So Taylor Welch and uh, Chris Evans, those guys, very, very brilliant. They're making about a million plus a month. So they're doing something right. <laughs> so <Gotcha>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, if I see, whenever you see like stuff like that, I'm like, okay, like these guys obviously have something figured out. So I try to try to follow success where whenever I can. No, I love that. And what's your favorite tool to grow your business online? Mm, such a good question. Favorite tools. Tools are always fun. Um, favorite tool to grow my business online. I'm right now I'm big into market research. So I had a friend of mine uh, who I work on a team with. He put me on to this Google Chrome extension called SimilarWeb. I'm not sure. Are you familiar with it? Yeah, I've used SimilarWeb a lot. So it's a really cool okay. Yes, SimilarWeb's awesome. Uh, for me, like, so when we do like market research for new new clients, new podcast partners, we um we look at their competitors and we take SimilarWeb and we look at like okay, it's like where's the traffic coming from? What what keywords are they ranking for? Um, you know, what where are they getting the most like social media attention? Like what what platform? So SimilarWeb's been a really cool little ninja tool for us to help uh get that data without having to do much like a lot of like backbreaking work or like looking at a million sites. So um, right now I'd say SimilarWeb's definitely awesome. I love that. And uh, and this is always a funny question that I ask because depending on how old you are will vary on your answer. <laughs> but if you were to take you know if you were to take yourself back like five or ten years, knowing what you know now, what would be your advice to yourself? Oh man. So I'll I'll do this I'll do the five year one when I was twenty one and I'll do the, a ten year one when I was sixteen. And man, if I was sixteen again so the ten year one would be look, look Lewis, don't go to college, save that money. Um I would invest probably I had like probably like twenty five thousand dollars at the time. I would say take five thousand dollars, put it into um uh what's it called? ETFs. So put it into some kind of investment account, let that grow, don't touch that, leave it for when you're like about to die. Uh take the rest of that money, invest into a mentor that can teach you exactly how he does it. Don't go to college, you don't need it. Um, and just do what he does. And then probably make sure you learn, make sure whoever you, you're learning from really, really knows sales really well and can teach you sales. That's it. That's that's my 10 year thing. I'd be like, look, dude, that's that's what you gotta do. Don't worry about what everyone else is saying. Um, another thing to that is don't listen to people who don't have what you want. So uh, I'm sure we all have this around us, right? Like our parents or our neighbors or, you know, the parents of our friends trying to impress upon us, like what's good or what, you know, what's expected. Um, if they're not where you want to be and don't have what you want in life, then I don't think their, their advice is usually that valid. Um, <clears throat> so I think that would have been helped me a lot, <laughs> saved me a lot of time. Uh, and then the 21 year old Lewis, I would have told him to pick one thing and get really good at it. So I would have been podcasting. I was like, pick, pick podcasting, get good at it. Um, invest in it, invest in getting better at your craft and then charge a premium price for it. No, I love that. And yeah, you probably also say, dude, I told you not to go to college five years ago. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then like, don't drink so much. Yeah, probably another one too. <laughs> oh, <I love laughs> Lay that. off the beers. Yeah. And, and I guess my final question is, what's a day in the life of a podcast agency look like? Great, great question. Um, man, so it, for me, it's it's separated into a couple of different, three different big blocks. Uh, number one is I always have, so I, I'm reading a really good book, right? And for anyone who, who is maybe has a squirrel brain like me, read Productivity Project by Chris Bailey. Uh, very good book. But I have three, three big rocks every day that I need to knock out before the end of the day. And so the first hour or two hours of my time, if I'm not going to the gym is that piece. So my, one of my one or two big rocks. So that's like usually two and a half hours. Then I go into checking like 30 minutes of checking email. And then I go into meetings probably for like the bulk of my day. And then I finish up with, um, with like thing, any, any kind of deep work I need to do or work that I need to do, like client work, research, um, making sure my team has all the, the deliverables on time, uh, checking with people, that sort of thing. So, 
uh, that's pretty much a good rundown of, of a daily life or at least for my agency. So for my, my team, maybe it's <laughs> different awesome. for other people, but uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I can always speak from what I say. <laughs> yeah, we want, we want to look into what you're doing. That's the main thing. I love that. I love that so much. Awesome. So um, I've, I've loved this interview, Lewis. It's been so fun to have the show. Um, really, thanks so much for sharing your story. If somebody wants to follow what you're doing online and, and kind of get in touch with you, where's the best place for them to go? I would say, so I think I, I mentioned this earlier before, but um, or you mentioned it in the intro. I did launch a book for the month of May. It's free for anyone who, for anyone who tags, screenshots this podcast, this episode, tags me and Jamie, and then send, like if you do that on Instagram, um, I will DM you and I'll send you a free book. It's a real book. It's not a PDF or not an audible book. It's a real book. I will send that for two and you'll get an extra book. So best place to find me is over at uh, Instagram at Lewis Ryan Diaz. So it's L-U-I-S, uh, Ryan, R-Y-A-N-D-I-A-Z. And I think that's probably the best place to connect right now. Um, so uh, Jamie, I've got one question for you uh, in, in terms of just, I think maybe your audience would like to hear this as well. Um, what has been your biggest lesson you've learned since launching this podcast? Ooh, so I think, I think the biggest lesson I've learned is that it's okay to not be perfect. Um, for the longest time, you know, I wanted to launch and, and I just put it off and put it off because I thought I right. had to have the perfect launch strategy and I thought I had to have the perfect guests and the perfect content, right. all of these different things. But in reality, it's just about putting it out there and being consistent. And, and if I'd have known that a year ago, I think I would have put it out a lot sooner. Yeah, uh, that's, that's so many people, yeah, fall for that. And uh, I've, I've been there too. So you've heard it right from here from Jamie, guys. If you're thinking about doing a podcast, like just do it, figure it out on the way down. Like it's not the end of the world if you mess something up or miss something or, you know, so. <laughs> that's amazing. Great advice. So guys, you heard it here first. Um, make sure you reach out to Lewis. And uh, so screenshot this episode, tag both me and Lewis on, on Instagram, and he's going to send you out a free copy of his book. And what's your Instagram handle again, Lewis? Uh, at Luis, so L-U-I-S, Ryan, R-Y-A-N, and then Diaz, D-I-A-Z. Hang out with me there. And uh, yeah, Jamie, thanks so much for having me on. Dude, it's been a blast. So guys, make sure you check that out. Um, make sure you go and follow the Podcast Domination podcast as well. And we'll see you on the next episode. Hey, everyone. I hope you really enjoyed that episode. As always, if you want to listen to more daily interview content, make sure you subscribe. And here's three ways I can help you in your business for free. One, check out my video on how we're building a pipeline that produces 30 plus prime sales calls every single week using podcast setters and a basic interview funnel. And this is actually how I was able to quit social media forever. You can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash setters. Two, if you're a six or a seven figure entrepreneur with a podcast, we actually want to interview you on one of our top 100 shows. Head to top100interview.com. And then three, download our podcast closing formula. It shows you how to create a podcast sales team that books out your sales calendar each week using the podcast closing client attraction method. And you can go to podcastrebels.com forward slash podcast formula. Now at podcastclosing.com, we help six and seven figure entrepreneurs with podcasts create a system for predictable client acquisition without relying on paid advertising or social media by building out podcast sales teams. Now, if you want help turning your podcast into a high ticket client acquisition machine, then book a call with our team to see how we can help. Go to podcastrebels.com forward slash chat. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next interview.